up, everybody? We're back, Seventh Haven, episode nine, I believe, and we're switching it up a little bit. I'm actually off. I'm not recording it at night like I usually do. We're actually in the South Bay at this beautiful cafe called Cafe Bene. Saturday morning, beautiful day, cold brew, ingested, and I got my big homie. Alex Chen with me. Say what's up. So, so I'm kind of eating right now. <laughs> yes, he's enjoying a bagel right now. It's breakfast time. Uh, please excuse the ambient noise, but you know, hopefully it's not too distracting. I want. I kind of wanted to switch it up this time, and kind of give a more immersive feeling, something more cinematic. But hopefully it's not too distracting. We're trying it out. 2020 is about experimentation. So, let's go. Um, Cue theme music. <laughs> <laughs> so, first off, so I wanted to talk about music this time around. And the reason why is because I think one of the things that initially brought us together as friends was music. Uh, and specifically, it was. I believe it was majority like 90s R&B, right? Yeah, I think it was that 90s R&B. So like Boys and Men, Babyface, Tony Braxton, Mariah Carey, TOC, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like you would, <laughs> two South, Boy, South Bay boys listening to really sexy R&B music. Like honestly, like <laughs> I don't, <laughs> it's it's funny to me to think about it now, like so, like for example, voice to men, right? Like I'll make love to you. Like I don't know really if I understood what that meant at the time, because what how old were you? Like in like junior high, fifth grade, yeah, middle fifth grade, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I just think it's funny because we were like little kids thinking we understood what love and relationship was all about, and so it's just like. Hey, girl, I know what you want, and I know what I want <laughs> at fifth grade. And then it's like, we also feel like we know what heartbreak was, even though we never had a heartbreaken Oh, at exactly. Time. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah, like, it, it's, yeah, I w- imagine that it was a major influence and kind of gave us, introduced what co- the concepts of what love and heartbreak were. And to a degree, I believe they are, they are real, but at other times I feel like those songs very much exaggerated and really, like, expanded what it really meant. Like, like it was like love, but like to the eleventh degree. Like it was like it was like almost not real. Like it was based in yeah. reality, but like it was like, like it was like a romantic comedy almost. Yeah, you know? it's like it's such a high expectations of what you know love really should be and even in reality it's a lot more di- uh, difficult than that yeah but, I don't know I think it's kind of a nice way you know, like people watch romantic comedies to feel good about themselves yeah and I think it's what you know those type of songs do is like it makes us feel better you know I feel like I feel like you know listening to like those type of music like the 90s R&B like those love songs I think it kind of helps shape my perspective on relationships that you know I still think about today. Yeah. You know, so and it's, and it's in a positive way. In a very in a, in a very positive way. 
I would agree. Because I remember, like, thinking back, I think it was an As Yet song, but they talked about, like, oh, girl, I'll give you the moon and the stars and the... I was just thinking about that yeah. last night. That song <laughs> is so explicit. Right. <laughs> but then it's, like, again, like, it's funny, yeah, it's, like, very explicit, but also very, like, heartfelt at the same time. But very now, tender. yeah. <laughs> very tender. But then now you hear like art, like modern R and B songs now, and it's just like, "Hey, girl, you up? You trying to schmang right now?" Like it's like the romance is gone out of I feel like today's R and B a little bit. Today's yeah. contemporary R and B. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's not about love. It's just about sex. Yeah. You know, getting it laid, and I feel like that's also how relationships, how some of the younger gen relationships all so yeah. I see a lot of them complain about how no one wants to talk about feelings yeah they just want to like smash and yes. that's it yes very different from back then for real and before you okay boomer us don't worry we'll be talking about current stuff too okay um yeah and to your point I think because we like vibed on that same level I think it's to your point or what am I trying to say? But I think music, I think the reason why we are attracted to it so much is like, today's culture, right? They say like they don't feel emotions or anything like that. I felt like music, I think for us, was a way to channel certain feelings and emotions that you couldn't, you couldn't entirely process by yourself or you weren't comfortable expressing yourself, right? I think that's why, you know, I was attra- we were so much attracted to, like, I think, sadder music, right? Because I think growing up, it's more like Asian-American household. You don't really show emotions. You don't really express yourself, especially the, the negative emotions, the sad emotions. You're supposed to be composed and being able to handle it, and you're supposed to be good all the time, right? And not show that stuff. Would you agree? I'd say so, yeah, because a lot of Asian households kind of have to bury your, your emotions, you know, you kind of like suppress it a little bit. And the thing is, with those type of like emotions that you can only bury for so long before it, you know, it starts to seep out in other ways. Yeah. Uh, or you start to have cravings for like, you know, for that, you know, for, for, it's, for that expression. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, listening to this music know kind of help is they kind of put all the things because if you don't know how to express it you just then if you're not allowed to express your feeling then you don't know how to express it yeah so i think that's why music was is good it's good because you have other people who may who's probably going through the same thing as you and they're singing you know through song about how you're feeling so you feel like that deeper connection and bond and then you, know, you feel like you're not alone uh, I think you hit on it like that and I think that's the reason why I enjoy music so much is that feeling that yeah I'm not alone there's this person that may be completely different than me but like really gets who you are like on the inside it gets your experience like that feeling of being gotten like oh like I'm not alone like is really invaluable I think and I think that, you know, even to this day, I feel like the music that I enjoy, my music tastes, I think it, it, it's very like random and varied, but at the core of it, it's, it hits me, that, it hits that feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah, like I don't listen to a lot of like today's own being rap as I used to like back 
back in the day. Well, I'm not going to say that. I just sound old. Um, like, like back then, just because, you know, those type of music, it changed so much that, you know, not something that I can, I can really relate to. Um, but the things that I felt like back then, I still carry it to like today. And, and that's kind of a cool thing. Like even though today's music is a lot different, like the music I'm listening to, listening to now, it's very different from back then. I'm still such. Some of them still have like the emotional core. It just presented in like a different package. Yeah. So, like. So let's do a little experiment or like an exercise. So let's talk about life stages. Because I think, I think Cuddy said it like has a song called "Soundtrack of My Life," right? Let's, like, let's think about like when we first linked up. So like, late ele- elementary school, early mid like middle school. Like, what was what were you what was vibing with you what was your shit what was your soundtrack um I listened to a lot of stuff that was on the radio so what was that guy's name James Taylor James James Taylor like the old like that the old school singer like back in the 70s yeah like kind of folksy yeah Yeah, 70s and 80s that was that's like one of some of the earliest memories I'm trying to go back to the songs I've heard as a kid yeah, and that's so that's like James Taylor, that folksy, the folksy vibe. I remember yeah. Babyface. Oh, can of I course. See you again. Okay. Um, Celine Dion, uh, Bobby Streisand. Okay. Um, some of the older bands as well, maybe Garfunkel and Oates. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and um, Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. So those like some. That's of the- super varied. I like that. Yeah, what, yeah. what do you think ties it all together? Why all those? Is there anything that ties it together? Ballads. <laughs> Definitely mm. ballads. Um, actually, now that I think about it, that's probably where I like the folksy music. Because so, I, I always had a thing for folk music. Yes. And that's probably where it came from. That really simple like melody and like very chill vibe. Yeah. Like, sound. I got that. I got that. I think same thing too. I think grew up growing up like... A lot of my family would listen to like ballads. I remember like my dad would just always have ballads in the car, whether that's Filipino, American, and I think that definitely rubbed off on me. Oh, and Michael Jackson. Oh, of course. Yeah, back then. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, fast forwarding to like, let's say high school. Like, what was it that? So I think what, at least for the core I'm getting right now is like you talk about like right now it's all about emotion and it's like being a speaking to very like a heightened sense of feeling and emotion is what kind of what is so attractive about ballads uh so high school moving forward like do you think that carried on and was repackaged into new artists that you're like oh i the they expressed this feeling that i was into before but now it's like in a du- the new context of high school and like high school's all about angst and stuff now right yeah yeah it's a more turmoil there's more it's a little more complicated yeah i mean the, i think the core concepts they remain the same how it still relates to like emotions but like you said doing like like junior high and middle school the emotions changed instead of being like oh love and like heartbreaks now it's just like no no one understands me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i remember listening to a lot more like punk rock back then like Lincoln Park, okay, uh, yeah. Blink One Eighty Two, wonderful. You know, I remember Garbage, Garbage, yeah, No Doubt, <laughs> um, Green Day. Mm-hmm. But I think I listened to a little bit of Metallica 
a little bit, but not too much. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a moment to alternative. Yeah. You know, and, I, and Palm Beach was still really big though, because that's the 2000s, right? So that was, yeah. so that's when like Neo and, you know, um, Trey songs. Yeah. Um, those like those artists. That's the two thousand was actually a really good decade for like early two thousand was like a really good like time period for R and B as well. Yeah. And then Fifty Cent came out. You know, oh, time, Fifty Cent. You know, so yeah. that was a, a whole new generations of you know rap. And then like four years later, obviously College Dropout, and Kanye. So yeah. That's like, 2000, yeah, 2000 was a good year. It was a good decade. It was a good decade. Yeah. But yeah, I think high school was a lot of anger that I was just trying to like, work through. Um, I think I might have started listening to techno at that time, too. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Like Sandstorm? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, where if you were a DJ, you had to have DJ in the name. <laughs> like DJ Mystic. I DJ remember. Epic. <laughs> And that was when, like, we were, like, downloading music from Kazaa and LimeWire. Oh, God, yeah. Like, you might risk a virus, but, like, fuck yeah, I want to hear this music immediately. Yeah, it took you, like, half an hour for one song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Have that shit download overnight. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I think for me, to your point, too, it's, like, when you're growing up, it's, like, you're innocent. Like, you're very optimistic about life, right? So it's, like, you want to hear that you know, oh, everything's gonna be okay. It's like really life-affirming music. And then you go to high school and like, you're like, everything's fucked up. <laughs> and I think for me, like you said, you listen to a lot more punk rock and I did listen to a lot of that too. I think because I also grew up in a household where like my cousins influenced me heavily and they really loved hip hop and rap. And I did grow up listening to like the classics, like, you know, from like, let's say Run DMC in the 80s to Dre and uh, Snoop and Biggie and Tupac and like carrying that forward though I think also in high school you discover that you have that you discover that you're very different than other people and that's not necessarily a good thing so you're trying to find a good way to be like so a lot of music I listen to is like you know you are you and like fuck what everybody else is fuck the system and hip hop really spoke to that, you know what I mean? So I listened to a lot of like, I wouldn't call it, this is back in the day when there was, you could delineate mainstream and underground, right? So it was more about, I'm, I'm not like these, I'm not like, I'm not mainstream, man, I'm not like everybody else, I'm, I'm listening to the underground music. So it's like, I listened to a lot of like, independent, like backpacker hip hop, you could call it. It was just all about, cause like the mainstream was about getting money, you know, expanding your wealth shooting guns whatever have you right yeah whereas yeah. like I'm seeing this alternative where it's all about lyricism and it's all about expressing yourself and it's all about being crafty and witty and skillful and being authentic to whatever you're coming from so examples are like MF Doom Hieroglyphics oh yeah uh Damn, there's so many. I can't even. I'm Atmosphere. Right. Atmosphere is another one. Yeah, I remember They're, you used to rock like the stickers a lot. Yeah. For, like, I think hieroglyphic. Yeah, I love the hieroglyphics, and they're just talking about just like, being. You know, it's okay to be yourself, whether that, regardless of what other people may tell you. And to your point about atmosphere, atmosphere. If you are really angry and down about your life, atmosphere was the perfect fuel for you because they're like. Yeah, the, like the angst was just present in it. 
and it's just like it just kind of gets you in that place I don't know like it really illuminates the I, call, I guess it's the dark parts of you I guess but cause before we didn't really touch on that but now it's like you're all up in that you're like you're discovering this is like yeah was Jurassic 5 one of them? Jurassic 5 was another one of them yeah. kind of like on the flip side though they're kind of like a throwback very positive very thing too so like it, it ranged but uh, that definitely was my jam because I was like you know yeah so okay, I found like two other artists that just randomly thought of during that time period um, Craig David and Michelle Branch <laughs> I remember that I don't know why but I had like a very strong I still have a strong memory of going to like Barnes & Noble in the music department and just buying those two albums that's like I don't know why that's, those memories are still really really strong for me for some reason I don't know why <laughs> Yo. those, are, those are great albums by the way but oh is it really random I love Craig David I love Michelle Branch I feel like Michelle Branch kind of just Peter fell off the face of the earth I don't know what happened yeah she had like two albums uh, first album really well done second one was pretty good but probably didn't quite reach the same level as the first one and then she did like a duet album and I don't know what what else she's been doing yeah yeah but she was really good you know another thing I just realized too I listened to I started listening to in high school uh, two things actually K-pop and video game music oh video game music definitely yeah. yeah yeah I mean we bonded over like the Final Fantasy 8 soundtrack in 8th grade right oh yeah that yeah. was and then comes actually... the soundtrack. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, but K-pop though, I think that's a for the uh, the newer kids out there. The K-pop wave came before multiple times in the states. You know. Yeah. I think high school, right? High school. That's probably one of the first wave. Like, what was what was the band that were back? K-pop, like early, like like the BTSs of back then were Shinwa, H.O.T. Oh. Um, God, I remember Shinwa. Yeah. Shinwa. I think the girl groups, the like the Red Velvets of the past, were like Finkel and SES. And oh, SES! I've been there a long time. Yeah, but funny story about that. So the way I was introduced to K-pop was, so you know Doug. So yeah. me and Doug would vibe on that underground hip hop. You know, I remember Doug used to rock Wu Tang jeans when Wu Tang when Wu Tang oh, had yeah. a brand. And then we were like, I think in like religion class, and then we see this nah, half, half black, half Mexican dude, kind of had his headphones, and he was kind of bopping them, and we were just like, what's he listening to? And he goes, I'm like, oh, you don't know, this is like, this is K-pop. I'm like, how is this? <laughs> so I was introduced to K-pop by a half black and half Mexican guy. Wow. And he was just like, it was the funniest thing, and he was like the biggest weeb before I knew what a weeb was. <laughs> And it was just hilarious, and he would just school us. Like, Doug is Korean, so, like, he knew more about K-pop music than Doug. And it was just, like, yeah, it was really deep diving. And I really, yeah, I think high school, we also realized that how nerdy we became, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? To your yeah. point, we're talking about video game, geeking out around. Like, I used to fall asleep to video game music. Oh, yeah, me too. You know, Nobuo Umati, Yasunori Mitsuda, you know. Those were the days, man. Yeah. You used to, like, download the soundtracks, or you try to, like, find a way to, like, import the soundtrack from, like, Japan. Which always costs like a shitload of money. Oh yeah, we need to like, buy CDs and shit. But you want the real thing, you know? Yeah, but it's, that's funny though. I think it just, and also just tells you like, even decades ago, that's how deep 
you know, K-pop permeates yeah. people's minds. Yeah, it's crazy too. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like you know, to your point on video game music, I feel like it ingrained us. Like, so for those who don't know, Nobuo Uematsu, composer of almost every Final Fantasy from one to. I mean, he did the later ones, but I would say like his last like full time one was twelve, maybe, or did he didn't even no, do twelve? It was, Eleven. It was one to nine. It was to him where he was like full time, and then starting from ten, he saw like having other composers on there. Uh, twelve was a different composer. Twelve mm. and thirteen and fifteen were by different composers. So yeah, but I think but. The, the, the short of it is this it's like we finally got to meet this dude oh yeah in college which we'll, we'll talk about college but like yeah it was I forgot about this that we actually met him but it was like super cool to meet you know someone who composed so many iconic themes and musics that especially if you're a nerd and played Final Fantasy he's like he's a legend he was a legend yeah yeah and I remember too because there's one of those First summer they had like an orchestra to play. This is like before it became, before uh, going to a video game concert became like mainstream. It was like very low key. I think I don't even remember where the venue was, but I remember I remember the after party and it was just this really small low key ball. It was just like a meet and greet yeah. and stuff like that. So we actually got to like be meet the guy in like a really small intimate setting, and you know he was really nice. He signed some signed CDs for us. Yeah. It was just which is really really cool yeah we drank beers with them oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was cool. <laughs> that was nice that was cool but yeah i mean speaking on that now in college like i think that's when i actually started first started going to concerts right was it was college one of your like your first concert experience or did you start going to shows um i'm gonna guess it was concerts but it's hard for me to pinpoint when I started actually attending those type of events because back then I was still kind of like sheltered. So I think I don't exactly remember when I started like going out more. And I think it might have been like sophomore year in college, something like that. Um, but yeah, going yeah. But I think like the thing is like if you if you're new to the whole scene going. To concert with friends is probably the best way to like get into it because then they can like drag you along and they can like show you the ropes and that's yeah. how you really start you know that whole time of your life I guess yeah you know because if you go by yourself you must really like the band if you go if you have to go by yourself and you kind of have to like if you're like a shy kid like I was yeah you must you must have a strong devotion to them to actually like force yourself to go out and listen to them in like a huge setting with all these random people. Exactly. So, it yeah. can be intimidating. Yeah, 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 it's intimidating. It can be very, very intimidating. Yeah. So, because at the time I was, because, I don't know about you, but for me, it was like, like, when I listened to music, it was always in the bedroom with headphones on. Oh yeah, very yeah. personal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really weird to make that transition from like bedroom to like public setting. Right. Yeah, it definitely took some time. Um, yeah, but I think like, the thing is, you have to realize, like, once you're in a bedroom setting, private setting, to, like, seeing them live in concert, it, yeah. just, it can be totally different. Especially if they're, like, really, really good. You know, they can just captivate you on a level that 
but you wouldn't have gone otherwise. You know, because you, you actually feel the energy, you can feel the reaction from the crowd, and yeah. it just like, you know, it, and it just infects you. you know? Yeah. So it's like a totally different experience. Yeah, it's very interesting that you say that because now I think in colleges also when we saw, I think later in college we saw the rise of EDM. Yeah, you bought me into EDM. Yeah. You got me into that. Yeah, and like to your point, you, you ruined said, my life. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I ruined my own life. But you know, like you said, like I think EDM music is great. I think you know when you listen to it live is where people really get it. You get the full experience, and you know I think that was the rise of like you know EDM. Obviously, you know a lot of rap, so rave culture was like booming during that time too. Yeah, it, it, I think 2009, 2010 is when it entered mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, just to carry just to link back to our musical journey soundtrack of our lives we talk about like hiding we're searching for hiding emotion we're searching for stuff that resonates with us on, on like a very deep level and i think edm actually like really hit that for not just us but i feel like for the mainstream at a whole like i don't think people like if you've been to a rave you've been to like a, a massive like it's like that scene from The Matrix Reloaded where it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it, that's literally what it was. Like, it was just very tribal, very visceral at times. Yeah, and you have yeah. the DJ who's like the shaman in the front controlling everybody's, mo like putting you on a musical journey. Yeah. Right? And I think you see the value of like music, not just like hitting you, but like it's also like, yeah, just this narrative aspect where it takes, they take you on a journey. It's not just like, um, like there's that added element, right? Like you really can see that people, musicians, can control people's emotions on that level, and really connect on that level. I mean, the drugs probably helped. <laughs> yeah. You know what drugs I mean? And alcohol, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like I think the first EDM show, like that, really like you know hit me was like Above and Beyond, right? Yeah, yeah. They were like their music was like damn near transcendent and they actually did this thing not a lot of DJs do where they talk to you they type on the screen and then they, you know they express their gratitude and love and tell stories and like it just added to the experience yeah yeah it's actually interesting too because you're talking about like musical journeys like in the beginning when you were kids you feel a lot about like love and like loving relationship and then as you get into your teens it became more angry and angsty yeah and I think in college is when you try to be cool mm -hmm. and you try to like fit in and be like that's because you try to be like cause I think that's when Kanye West what was it was it graduation the one when he became more like pop yeah 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 so that's when you try to be like more clubby and try to be like the cool guy yeah you know going to clubs and you know pick up girls and all that stuff and then yeah. in the end it's just like uh, what am I doing with my life and then but then EDM it's like when it's like you know what that's when it goes back to like the whole love aspect it's just like you know what if you, we don't care who you are we just love you for you and, and we accept you for that and that's kind of like I think that's kind of why I liked got into EDM because I used to make fun of EDM I was like oh, oh it's me too a bunch me of, too like, like beep, 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 beep. Yeah, the commute it's like it sounds like two computers making like having sex sex to each other you know <laughs> and then once you get to dubstep it sounds like two vacuum cleaners having sex with oh, each yeah. other yeah, so it's like, yeah. yeah but then once you actually go there and then you hear <coughs> and if you're with the right crowd then you actually see the message 
that a lot of the songs were like like saying and it's like oh I get it it's about acceptance yes you know? like going back to above and beyond you know what was the whole thing was group therapy ah that's right you know, that's group literally the whole therapy. thing it's like everyone's together you know, loving and helping each other and that's kind of I think that's kind of why people got into it so quickly so yeah to your point yeah, it's very communal and like you have like I think EDM really got present to like there's a community that's here to support you right um, yeah like it is like music I think during that time in our lives like you said like you're kind of trying to figure out like what's the meaning of why am I doing all this like why am I I think at this point in time you're like you know figuring out what you're gonna do and like it's gonna set the tone for the rest of your life and that's like pretty heavy right and so you kind of just are just like I don't know if this is the right way so I'm just gonna party and figure things and hopefully everything turns out so we needed the music to be therapy for us. We're like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're doing okay. You're doing good. It's okay. Right? Yeah. I also think it was like the economy at the time. Because I think that was like during the recession as well. Yeah. So there was like a lot of uncertainty and worries and concern about what was going to happen. Um, so I think having something like EDM where, where the core message was everything's going to be okay. I think that really helped ease people's like concern about the future. Yeah. You know? And I think, too, also, like, going around that, that route, too, I think you spoke to it earlier, but I think it was this was the rise, I think, college and then going into our working years, adult, young adult years, yeah. where it was, you're seeing this vulnerability in hip-hop that shows up, like Kanye, right? Like, Kanye would talk about all these things, you know, like, you know, bravado, very much like that typical rap st style stuff you talk about. But then he would, like, also let you take a peek behind the curtain and be like, it's not all about that, right? Like, there's all these insecurities. He's not sure why he's doing the things he's doing. Like, he's not sure if he's doing right. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just Kanye, right? There was, I think another thing, person that really influenced me that hit me was Kid Cudi, right? Yeah. He was the one to take the veil about like, you know, I'm doing all these things, but like, I'm not right in my head and I feel sad all the time and I don't know why. So he kind of pulled the veil there and then you have more on a superficial level, but also a more like, like I feel like he hit more people was Drake yeah yeah I would be missed if we don't talk about Drake on this because like you know he's yeah, kind of yeah. he's been our spirit animal for a minute <laughs> uh, and kind of yeah just really he grounded I think hip hop and really let it resonate with us you know lay people like normal people like yo I could have all the money in the world but like you know this one girl just fucked me up and I'm just gonna be sad for a little bit you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. you're seeing this move like I think this is the trickling to the beginning of like you know which eventually would blow up where it's like just super sad ass rap music today right everyone's just like you know all my friends are dead <laughs> you know like I'm just gonna turn up cause everything's fucked up but that was the beginning right yeah going back a to a little bit I think you can find like the beginning the start of all of this is probably back to Kanye West on the 808 Heartbreak because oh, I remember album. when because rap at the time was very much about masculinity and bravado it was yeah. just about you know like money you know women calls and drugs you know and you know Kanye was very different you know, he was very much like, was, like college dropout was super influential because it was so different from everything that was coming out at the time yeah you know, he's talk he was actually talking about, you know, social issues, you know, racism. He, talk he had talking about religion, you know, family, something no, one, no other rapper was really, like, doing at the time. And then, you know, he 
and then later on he dropped 808 Heartbreak where he was like one of the first like rappers to just like be super emotional yeah. he just he just built his like emotions because uh, he was going through a lot during that time and I think because of that that's how you have all these other artists that were able to follow up after him like Kid Cudi yeah. you know Drake yeah. you know and The Weeknd you know, The Weeknd The Weeknd even the weekend even to mention in interviews like if it wasn't for Kanye West 808 he probably wouldn't be here right now yeah so I think 808 was had a huge influence on like music today oh definitely yeah definitely I agree and like if you could like trace the lineage right if you go so Kanye worked on 808s with Cuddy and then Cuddy influenced Travis Scott and you could see Travis Scott, Scott like take that torch to the future right kind of like, oh yeah yeah you know what I mean but yeah it's and I mean, I feel like, yeah, Kanye honestly was one of the big ones for me, right? Like you said, College Dropout. Yeah, his first single, All Falls Down, right? It's like, oh, yeah. shit's like, shit's not like always good. And then you go from that to, you know, late registration to graduation to 808s. But I think, I, I, we got to talk about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, bro. Yeah, yeah. That album, probably I consider it his best album yet. Um, not just on the kind of sonic level, but dude was like, it really showed like, even if you're at the pinnacle of your life and the top of your game, like, shit is not always good and not, not kosher. And I don't know, that album just hit me in a way. Like, I remember listening to that, like, I would listen to that endlessly, endlessly. From beginning to end, no skip. I mean, it had Runaway, it had Gorgeous with Cuddy, it had All of the Lights, it had, I mean, I don't know where I'm going for this, I'm just, I'm just saying listen to that album if you haven't yet, I'm sure you have already, but it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's like, because if you think about it, it's actually more of a concept album, because everything just kind of blends into each other, and it's like, it's just done with so much like focus and precision that it's just you can listen to it over and over again you can just and you and you hear something and you learn something new each with each listen yeah you know it's just yeah I think it's like also because it's like because before that album came out you know, he had the whole controversy with the VMA awards he was actually at his one of his lowest again yeah his life has been really highs and lows constantly so it's lows again and he tried to like you know, get back up so I think this is what happens when you know, you take all the stuff that you learn musically and also life-wise and then just, you know, fine-tune it with, like, such a strong, like, precision. And I think that's, and, like, dedication to hard work. And it's, like, this is what comes out of it. You know, something that's, you know, I, I, yeah, I still think it's one of his best albums, even now. And I, and I kind of don't think he'll ever top it, personally. Yeah, I think that's the pinnacle. Yeah, 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 but it's like damn, what, a, what a pinnacle, though. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to what again. I think the themes of, you know, heightened emotion, whether that's good or bad, but also this concept of narrative. I think, you know, what hits people the most is if you can tell it, package it in a very good story, and the narrative he had behind that album was so, so strong. Like, at surface level, like the song "Power," everybody knows "Power," right? Yeah. The drums in the beginning, right? 
to this day, I still use that as like one of my workout songs, right? <laughs> yeah. But at the at the core of it, if you really like dig deeper, you realize like you know people think oh, it's all about being powerful, right? You know, like it's but then it's like like we can. I don't want to go in depth. You can listen to the dissect pot dissect podcast, and they can explain what the whole album. They go through the whole album and like analyze it, but. Yeah, that was a really good podcast, by the way, Dissect. So definitely check that out. Yeah. But I think, yeah. So, yeah, we just love Kanye. Kanye's great. Yeah. Maybe not... I don't want to be the dead horse, but we miss the old Kanye. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Things are a lot different now, but, you know, we always still remember the good times. Yes, yes, yes. The good life. (laughs) The good life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, like, I think this was good, actually. I didn't actually think we're going to go kind of like on our personal musical journeys, but I think it actually gives really good background and context to what, you know, what originally we were going to talk about was like, you know, what hit you or what was like the music that you listened to for 2019, looking back on it, like, let's go present day now. Now we're present day. Mm-hmm. So, so what is it like? So we, what... What was your shit back uh, this past year? Um, it's actually kind of strange because 2019 was kind of like a blur for me. Like oh, I was like, because I was working most of the time, I was spent working. Yeah. Um, so I can only hear songs that were like in the background or on the radio. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. So I heard a lot of different artists, but I don't really remember them too much. Uh, but you know, if I kind of like made a list of all. the and there's like, a, and, you, and you can tell, like you can't really see it right now, but I made like, like a page of all this that I remembered listening to that time. It's actually quite a lot. Yeah, it's a pretty here. big list. Like he has a full page of just artists. Like 2019. So one thing, <coughs> and one thing that I noticed, like it's super varied. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you know, Billie Eilish is on there. Ed Sheeran. You know, Madion, BTS, Illinium, Little Nas X, Marshmello, yeah. Khaled, you know, this, there's a lot of variety on here. Um, um, hmm. I don't know, which, how about you, Raj? How about you go first? Like, which songs, yeah. which music, which, what kind of music were you listening to that really stood out to you? Yeah, I think, like, I like how you said that too, kind of giving you a context of what it's like to be a music consumer nowadays. Like, Again, we're adults, we have fuller lives, we got shit, we have responsibilities. So it's not, it's hard to like be able to sit down and consume like an album, you know, solely, you know, you can't, I can't spare an hour just to do that anymore. It's always doing something else, right? So it's hard to really deep dive into stuff. Also, you have, uh, to your point about it being very, your list being very varied, right? I think it's because like it's so readily available now. We have YouTube, we have Spotify, we got, it's so easy to like, get music and like new music's coming out every day it seems like and it's yeah. hard to like sit on an album everyone's like you know yeah. there's always that hot there's always a new hot album or artist to be listening to so it's kind of like sensory overload yeah it's hard yeah. you can't listen to everything I think that's with all media in general right yeah yeah because back then the only songs we could hear was on the radio or on MTV yeah or, you know, or if you go to like, um, like Tower Records, you know, back in the day, or Sam Goody. Yeah. That's the music that you see. And if you wanted to like branch out of it, you really have to like, you know, go out of your way and find them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe in some record stores or maybe some like friend's house who, you know, been traveling a lot and pick up like different music CDs. Yeah. 
but now everything's you know on your phone yeah you know so it's just and it's all over the world like I mentioned BTS like that's another K-pop that's freaking blew up obviously yeah you know and it's just like there's just so much variety from so many different countries um, so many different languages and it's like it's kind of hard to keep up with it yeah you know it's yeah it's, it's yeah it's it's hard to stay on top of it and just sit down and just listen to it you kind of just have to like like I don't feel like I'm listening as deeply to music as to songs now as I did back then because I'm now it's kind of like oh what is this oh that sounds cool yeah you know, I can't do a deep dive on it now yeah just not enough time so I have a question for you so I so I think you and I try to make an effort to listen to the new stuff right I know people now I think they're like scientific a scientific research showed that like people like around age 30 to 33 stop listening to new music I believe that yeah because I think people are just and I'm seeing it a lot of my friends are like you know I, oh music doesn't sound good anymore I only listen to this this era of music. this is when music was good yeah and I do feel like I get that those points but I think also I think we just because again I think we're always looking for that next narrative that next person to resonate with us that we're always going to be craving we're always going to be future forward I think yeah yeah like my sister she's like four years older than me and she kind of stop listening to new music like every time I hang out with her whoever she plays it's just songs that she grew up listening to and that's yeah. the only song that she wants to listen to right and yeah it's and it, yeah and I think it varies from person to person like for us we're always looking for that new artist that new sound because yeah. we I think we have a better appreciation um, but one we seek out we seek those out until we have a better appreciation for them. So even though we hear something new, yeah. we don't like, if, even if it's something different, we don't like you know, judge them or like, dismiss them. Yeah. We kind of think about, oh, I can kind of see why someone would like this. Yeah. You know, like I don't listen to a lot of rap nowadays, but I can see how today's rap, the, the youth can like relate to it more. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think I didn't even mention about like what albums uh, or what. Uh, what music I listened to in 2019 I think number one for me was from this rapper actually uh, from New York I don't think he's super well known his name is Kota the Friend I found him on YouTube Kota the Friend I may have saw the name yeah. yeah so yeah he has an album drop called Photo and the concept is again as you can see I like concept albums but the idea is like each song is a photo from a photo from a photo album so he's looking back, hmm. and he's and the reason why I like him, he's very thoughtful. Like all the things I like in my rap, right? Like he's you know very thoughtful, very conscientious, very authentic, very like, and it helps that you know I think he raps over like really jazzy lo-fi beats, which I also I'll speak to later. I think is like a genre that I really vibe with, uh, and I think. Basically, the whole album is just like a retrospective about his life, but also like lessons he carries forward from the things that happened. And I think the top song that I enjoyed from that album specifically, it's called, I think it's called For the Colored Boys and Girls. And it's basically a letter to his like newborn son. And like it's all these lessons about like what you know everything he's learned and you know what he's trying to pass on to his son, and it's actually really beautiful. I think when I first listened to it, like it had me tear up. Right, uh, I think there was a line that was like, you know, 
I don't know if it's from this song, but it's like this idea like, you know, love is like the balance of holding tight and letting go. And if you can learn to do those things, you'll have so much love that you, you'll, you'll, have, you'll have too much to know how to deal with it, right? Like it's just, it'll just be overflowing. I was like, it was like, it's crazy. That's actually a good line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like, so that was super dope. And I think the other album, which I think we've been anticipating was uh, Maddie on. Oh yeah. Good Faith was was an experience again. I think took you on a journey because uh, to give you context, Maddie on EDM DJ. I think he broke out when 2015 or 2016, something like that, or 2017. Early aughts. Yeah, like mid like 2015, I would or 14, something like that. Because it, it took him like because he, he did like uh, what was it pop culture. Yeah, and then afterwards he did like adventure. Yeah, and then he took like a hiatus for what was it like two years? Two yeah, years? and everybody and everybody was like, "What the fuck was happening?" And like, you know, in light of this new album dropping, we realized he was going through a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so this album is all about that two-year hiatus, right? Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't really get into specifics, but when you listen to this album, you know, I feel like the album is called Good Faith, right? And I feel like every song kind of permeated that, like, resonated that that concept of good faith, right? It's uh, almost like a religious experience. Yeah. You know? Not just like in terms of sound, because there was like a lot of gospel and choir music, but it was almost like, you know, you go up and you go down and then you you find yourself again. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what faith is, right? You're, you know, knowing, believing in something, not knowing how it's going to turn out, but believing you'll come out good at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the thing with good faith is, it's, it's really more of a positive experience. It's oh, yeah. really upbeat. Yeah, it was. And the good thing with Manny on, like, he was always been that upbeat type of like music. But this one is like, it's like a different. It still had that upbeat sound, but it was a little, it was a little bit more depth to it. You know, it was like, it was it was like happiness that had to be earned. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think that was a lesson. I yeah. think a lot of people they're so down on themselves because they think they should just be happy and it should be easy, but. I mean, and it can be that easy, but just knowing that sometimes, you know, you've got to go through your shit, you know what I mean? Life, it, it has to be, I wouldn't say it has to be earned, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, yeah, there's, just knowing that there's going to be hard times and like, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I think that the song that really hit me was the, towards the end, right? Or like, it was the double, it was a double concept. Like, it went from, near the end of the album, it was like, heavy with hoping and then Borealis. Yeah. Like, like wrecked me like the combination of the two right because then like it was almost near the end of the album but like it was very like heavy with hoping was a, is a down song like you know what I mean like it's yeah, the depths yeah. of it you know like just hoping that you know I think mean, the song is about like hoping that you know some an ex of your past you're still hung up on them and you're hoping that they love you too and yeah. that may not be the case you know but you're there's that faith and that hope that it is yeah but but then, like, so that song ends, and then you go with Borealis, and you just realize, you know, the faith that she, that person loves you or not, isn't really irrelevant. The faith that you, that you come out okay at the end is great. Like, you look back on your, you like, look at your life, and like, my life is fine. I'm okay. Everything's okay, regardless of whatever happened in the past. Yeah, yeah. Like, Manny was probably one of the biggest, like, the, one of the biggest anticipation, probably one of the biggest drop that. I've had this year just because it's like 
Because yeah, I, I mean, you, I, you probably saw it. Every time a new single drop, I would be like, "Oh, George, you gotta listen to it now!" Oh my god, damn it! You know, and it's like, and the album totally lived up to it. And I was, I was only saw like two concerts this year. That was one with Callan, yeah, and the other one was Madion, yeah. And Madion was just completely blew my freaking mind away. You know, so it's, yeah, because you went to you went solo to his uh, Good Faith tour, yeah, in SF, but then. We also did Second Sky in Oakland. Oh, yeah. We were on LSD. Wait, what? Maybe I should, should I be saying this? Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah. You can edit it out. No, it's fine. <laughs> Ice. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, it was good. Like, it kind of... I think that was his first show back, actually. Yeah, it was his comeback. It was yeah, his comeback. Time, yeah. And he killed it. It was crazy. Yeah. And I think... Uh... The other big thing that kind of like uh, stood out to me, 2019 was uh, 88 Rising as a whole, as the as, as a yeah, record label. Yeah, yeah, I think that's like the group, the label itself that really that's the one I remember the most. Cause so I've heard about 88 Rising before, thanks to like Rich Brian yeah. in the beginning, but that was about it. But I think like 2019 was when I actually started to like listen to the label. And dude, there was, like, there was like there was so much talent and so much potential in there that it's kind of not surprising that they are skyrocketing right now. Yeah. Like they, I think they have like doing some kind of like, collab with Coachella this year. Oh really? I think so. Yeah. Because if you look at the uh, the um, the lineup at the bottom, it says something to do with the '88 Rising. But something about '88 Rising is just first off really great music. Just all, almost all of the singles. I'm trying to figure out how to do this, describe them accurately, because it's like, it's very, it's very today. Like, a lot of these yeah. singers, they started out on YouTube, yeah. and they grew up on the internet. Yeah. Actually, a lot of those singers, the musicians, they got popular because of the internet. Like, Joji, you know, he used yeah. to be... Um, Filthy Frank. Yeah, Filthy Frank. He used to just do, like, you know, stupid YouTube pranks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which you know, which Brian he did like he also was a YouTube prankster. That stick though. Yeah, yeah, and then oh, Nikki, you know, I think she did like YouTube covers also and it's just and that's kinda like how today's today's like musicians are it's all online and they're all from like all over the world, like Nikki and Rich Brian's are from Indonesia and like, Joji is like you know like he's half a, but he's like American, right? Yeah, American, uh, but I think he lived in Japan for a minute. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's just like, yeah, they, their music though is just really, really good. Like, I think Nikki is probably the one that really stood out to me because she has like that throwback 90s vibe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but she has like that energy and like, she puts a lot of thought into her lyrics that really like makes it, makes her stand out. Yeah. And Rich Brian was also really good too, because his first album was kind of a generic trap music that was popular at the yeah. time. Uh, so it was like fine for that for that era. Uh, but then you know his second album, The Sailor, came out, and that was like holy crap, who is this guy? Yeah, another he, concept album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this one was a lot more personal. His music was a lot different, like more orchestral. A lot uh, more he, singing. Yeah, a lot more singing. We like our like, rappers that sing. <laughs> yeah, that's the next stage. You go super hard, and then afterwards you gotta like you know work on that falsetto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Joji was just 70s 
sad and exactly. emo. Oh yeah, <laughs> spoke to like my thing. like my high school self was just all about it. But to your point, like you said, like you know, there definitely are access to what music is going to be currently and to the future. It's so global now. It's so you know based off the internet. You don't really hear them on the radio, but they're super big. Yeah, right. and that's different. And that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. they're not. You don't hear them in the mainstream, but they're big. On the entirely different market. Yeah, they're, they're big. You know, so. Yeah, and I do like that they. You're seeing a lot more representation in music now. You're yeah. getting more of that Asian slash Asian American perspective from these guys. I think that's why they're also big. That's why they're being championed by the community so strong. Yeah, yeah. Especially towards the, the Asian community is just like, oh, we have more people that look like us making really great music. Yeah, and that's you know, the agenda, right? We're trying yeah. to push Asian Americans to the mainstream, and they're definitely part of that wave. And I think, yeah, I mean, Joji's "Slow Dancing in the Dark" was probably. I love that track so much. Uh, and like they're like really doing some crazy stuff like they're like you're seeing more collaboration with like you know overseas artists like higher brothers are doing like from china doing that china trap and you got yeah. uh which i never thought would happen but <laughs> and then you got jackson wang i think he's chinese but he was part of a k-pop group yeah and he's pulled into the fold and then there's like they pull in more k-pop people like they're bringing like all of asia and asian america together it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah. And AA Rising with, with like other major, like big uh, artists as well, like Major Lazer, they work with one of the songs too. Oh, that's right. Which was a really good song too. Yeah. So it's like, and they're big enough that they even had their own festival, music festival. Oh, Head in the Clouds. Yeah, Head in the Clouds. Maybe we should go. We should go one time. Sure, I'd be down. One of my friends went there and she seemed to have a really good time. <laughs> so I'm just like, lucky. We gotta figure that out. Yeah, yeah. All right. yeah, but there was just yeah. but there was like just so much so much other music like yeah. Billy Eilish really pop exploded. Oh yeah, bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she could. And the reason she got popular was just because she is like the anti-pop princess that people were expecting, you know. Yeah. And I think that's also like the kind of new thing. It's like instead of you, usually for like a female pop singer, they kind of have to be like. Yeah, they kind of be like Disney-ish kind of way, clean, proper. Britney Spears, Britney Christina. Spears, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Billie Eilish was just completely different, completely different sound, different topic. She had like that sass, that attitude, like I don't care what you think, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, and yeah. she really like dived like head first into it. And and the album was actually kind of nice, you know. It was like it was kind of freaky at yeah. some point, like and the music videos really complement that as well. Like uh, what was the other one like? Oh god. Oh, I forgot the one. You the can see me in the crown or which one? Or is there another song? No, the one where she was like where her music video was kind of like a horror film and she was under the bed. Oh, I don't remember the song, but I, that 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 scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, but that's the type of vibe that she's going for. So I think Yeah, she yeah, she really likes Yeah, that was like crazy. I think she totally earned that and like the success that she has right now. Yeah, and credit her for, you know, starting that visco girl, e-girl phenomenon, you know. Is that what it is? I feel like... I think she spawned, I think she's like the poster child for like visco girls. Like if you're a visco girl, you definitely love Billie Eilish. Because they, you know, she, she rocks the style. She wears scrunchies, big t-shirts. She probably carries a hydro flask, I don't know. But, <laughs> um, yeah, anything else from 2019 that... 
kind of? Um, well, the one that really. Uh, there's a lot of like just like a lot of artists that came out that is that dropped that you haven't really heard from in a while, but they drop an album that is really really good. Like Tinashe, she dropped her like first independent release label. Yeah. And that was really really good. I actually really, really liked it. Oh, I should check it out. I only saw one music video and it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like she she kind of got stuck in like limbo with her late with her previous label, yeah. but now she like broke off from that and she's doing her own thing. And I think it's really helped her a lot. Nice. So her, her latest album was pretty good. FKA Twigs. She also dropped a new album, and it's super weird, but it's also very very hood. So that's why it's really good for hood. Yeah. It's like it's 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 something you would. Your, that album is something that you it's not it's not like anything else yeah you know it's completely different I think it's like it's, I think the, the close comparison that people will make to it is probably Billie Eilish in terms of like that sound yeah it's like out there it's different yeah yeah but I think FK Tricks really push it out there yeah it's really out there so she's like she's all about the art it's yeah, all about the yeah. Art. yeah yeah but I, 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 I thought it was pretty pretty good you know and um Anderson Pack, I think Ventura was a really good one. Lizzo really blew up, and Lizzo. I think, and you know, she totally like deserved it as well. Um, I think the one, I think the singer that kind of surprised me the most, and it's a bit more fire though, is Katie. Katie, and, oh, yeah. is she is she like part of the '88? No, like? no, she's kind of like doing her own thing. Okay. It's like, so if you don't know who Katie is, she is the singer from Korea, but she's based in LA. So a lot of her songs are like in English. Uh, but she has, but she's definitely part of that that R&B vibe, like the old school R&B vibe that we like, like so much, but yeah. just like with a new spin on it. And I think she dropped like a EP, and she released some cover songs, and it's just really really good like yeah. I really like the EP like, and her cover song of Khaled's uh, Can We Just Talk it's just Ooh. phenomenal it's like probably my favorite cover songs like, I'm still listening to it right now I love me a good Khaled cover yeah but I think one thing you notice is like everything it's a lot more varied now definitely in terms of like music in terms of where the singers are like oh another one uh, Rosalia uh, she's from Spain so, Spain. Yeah, and she kind of blew up a lot in 2019 as well, and and her like her like her last album was really really good because she's like has a more of a flamenco style, mm-hmm. but then she like incorporates like modern elements to it like trap music and, like herb, like yeah it's and it's really good though so it's like there's a lot more variation yeah in like music and like I don't even know what she's talking about but I'm just like oh I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I mean, like, it's nice to see that even in today's current landscape, like, everything could sound different and unfamiliar, but at the core of it, again, it's that it hits you, that narrative, that core resonation, like, it's still, it's still present, uh, and that's super dope. And, yeah, I think, uh, you know, 20, that's a good retrospective for 2019, and we are about an hour, so I think what I want to do for this last comp is talk about what the future going forward. So what is it? 
in 2020? Who, what are you looking forward to in 2020? Um, hmm. How to say? I can't really think of anything at the moment. Um, I think in terms of expectations for music is... I'm definitely going to think you'll be seeing a lot more artists trying to do new things. Because, mm-hmm. you, know, you, know, you know, you have Billie Eilish pushing the definition of what pop could be. You have Lizzo, which is like more, you know... She's this generation's Beyonce. That's actually kind of accurate, yeah. Because yeah. like, she, has, she has that personality, that energy that really draws people in. That queen vibe. Yeah, Slay yeah. Slay queen. You know, like love yourself. You yeah. Know, which I and so I feel, I feel like you see a, a lot more artists trying new things. Yeah. You know, trying different sounds, working with a lot more different people, uh, especially a lot of different more international artists. Like I think Travis Scott released like a like a group album or label album oh Jack or Cactus Boys Jack Boys yeah Jack Boys I think Jack Boys and one of those songs had Rosa Leo on it and she just she just I think I don't know if she sang or rapped in Spanish so I think I feel like you're going to be seeing a lot of like international like collaboration which I'm kind of excited for yeah because it's going to be like new sound new new audience and I would Kind of curious to see where it goes to. Yeah, I think the globalization of it is gonna be even bigger. Like you said, you already have BTS, but now, you, and then, like you had that BTS and Halsey had a song together. You're, oh yeah. So that you're seeing that crossover is is huge now. But yeah, I think not just in K-pop, but like you said, in Spain, they're gonna go all. It's gonna be super global. Yeah, I think for me, you said like it's like artists doing new things. I actually view 2020 as the year of the comeback. Oh, interesting. So I think so far things that I've noticed like you know Bieber's back. Have you heard that new song by his new song? Oh yeah. Oh I fucking love it, but I hate <laughs> it at the same time. Yeah, I think yeah I'm kind of both. It's like it's catchy, but I just want to punch the guy even more. <laughs> but I vibe it. It's a yeah. good, it's a vibe. I love you know I'm just it's yum. I'm not gonna sing it, but it's yeah. Um, it's like why do they have to use the word yummy? <laughs> just it's just a yeah. Odd term, but yeah. Bieber's back. I mean. uh Drake and Future just dropped a new uh, new single. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I love it. I love Drake and Future together. Um, there is Selena Gomez just dropped an album, but like she has a song with Cuddy on it, and it's classic Cuddy sound, and I love it. It's so good. Oh, a lot of hmms, very meditative, very calming. Yeah, it's very good. And then I don't know if you hear news that Cuddy's dropping an album in conjunction with like a series with Netflix. I heard about that, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to, I don't know if you heard this, the Neptunes are coming back. I did hear about right? that, yeah. The Neptunes yeah. are coming back, bro. It kind of makes sense, too, because like, they were very much about being future sound. And, you know, 2020 is, like, the future, you know what I mean? So I look forward to hearing more from them and seeing what future Neptunes is, because they were just so futuristic already sounding. Yeah. I can't even imagine what they're going to do now. Yeah. Neptunes would be interesting, because we grew up listening to Neptunes, and they their influence in music has been huge, but now it's like, how are they gonna like, how are they gonna adjust to like current times? Yeah. You know, cause they, cause they 
because they came together for Justin Timberlake's like latest Justify. album. Oh, oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. Man in the Woods. Or yeah, Man in the Woods. A lot of the songs they they came together. On oh, that. interesting. And there's a very different sound. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see where they're gonna go with that. Oh yeah, yeah. I look forward to it. And another thing too, I think final thing that 2020 is gonna be. It's like I think this is in general, right? Like. This, I have to ask the question, like, how do I separate the artist from the art, right? Mm, oh, we can spend the entire podcast here. Yeah, but I think just in general, just to give you points, like, you know, R. Kelly, your uh, seeks of the Michael Jackson, and then, like, you know, Sweden's all about, I'm like, I don't know how you listen and support Drake. He's a groomer. Like, he grooms, like, you know, teenagers and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm just like, when, like, the music hits you, like, is that, that connection that you have in your lifetime, it's hard to, like, you know, it's easier said than done. Like, you know, R. Kelly, I can cut that tie really. Like, his music was good. But I didn't really connect with it on an emotional level. But, like, Mike, I feel like Mike could do no wrong, honestly. Like, MJ could be like, I feel like he'd have to do something personally to somebody that I know for him for me to stop listening to his music. It sounds bad, but I was just like, yeah, like, I think you're going to have to ask those questions. I feel like it's only going to, things are only going to come out more about people, the artists that you love and respect, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, Especially how you know information comes out so so easily nowadays, and it's like so everyone you know everyone's gonna get mad about something. Yeah. You know, and, and what they get mad about varies. And obviously, some some of the more serious issues like Paul Kelly and MJ, and those are very serious things. But then even like smaller things, people can get upset about, and maybe that's why they won't even like um, like oh maybe. Like Kanye, you know, people was like, oh, he's like a Trump supporter. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, if you look at it, like on the big picture, it's just like it's just a party preference, you know. Yeah. It shouldn't really be that big. Yeah. Because everyone's, you know, everyone, it's been going on for like ages. Uh, but people feel so strongly about what you do and what your actions and what you stand for that. You know, it's like, I won't listen to Kanye just because of that. Oh, I won't buy his shoes because of that. And it's just like, I don't know. It's something that people is going to have, have to think about very deeply. And, yeah, and the whole, going back to the whole separating the artists from their all it's, I think it's a very difficult question. I think there's no simple answer. Yeah, you got to take it case by case, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and it's, there's no one answer that would satisfy any, everyone. Yeah. Because it's, can't you know, yeah. so, like MJ MJ is a really big one because like MJ uh, yeah it's not <laughs> not looking too good but um, you can't you know you, you can't really cancel him out because yeah. it's, so many people have such a deep connection yeah. to his music yeah. and his influence on pop culture as a whole yeah. is so deep and it's just like, you can't cancel the guy and ignore it without it without like canceling everything else yeah and it's just almost impossible so it's just I don't know it's a really complicated subject so yeah and I think some one one final final thing is like is there any artist that like if there's any piece of music artist album that you would want our listeners my listeners to listen to and check out immediately what would that be um, it could be any time any place like just like like what do you want people to listen to right now Like, I think for me, like, the one thing that pops up is, like, 
I can't believe I didn't mention him, but like New Javis, anything New Javis, like he was influential for me again. Like he was a form of therapy for me during my college and young adult years. Um, and he kind of was this perfect meld of like, you know, who I am as a person. I like, you know, nerdy anime stuff, but also like chill, jazzy, hip hop, you know, that type of vibe. That's a good one, actually. And you know, writing off of that, I guess another musician that they can listen to, people can listen to, is Jay Dilla. Jay, ah, yeah. nice, nice. Jay Dilla, I like it's that. very similar to New Java sound. And Jay Dilla, you know, you know, gone too soon. You know, um, both of but them. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Yeah, and but their music is just so, it's just so good. Like they had like the way, the usage of samples and the like, throwback like. Like hip hop, but also like jazz, and the way they like do the production work is just like it's super influential. You see that in all, you hear in all music in some ways or another, and it's just yeah, that's not that's a very good recommendation. Right there. Cool, cool. So yeah, that's it. Uh, first, I just want to thank you for you know coming on the podcast. I think we you're the only person I can really talk to about music on this level. And you know we took we had these conversations in the past, and I always enjoy them. And like it's really cool to be able to put it out on tape, so everybody else can like you know really get you know our love for music. And yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. And the thing is, like I feel like we only just scratched the surface. I Honestly, feel like we can, like, yeah. this could be like a five-hour podcast, and you know, yeah, there's so much to talk about. Definitely, there will be. There's always future pods for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what we, what we listened to in 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool, man. All right. Uh, I will check y'all later uh, and see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.